to another episode of the Field of 68 Best Bet Show. I'm Kai McEwen. We got the rest of the three-man weave crew here as well. Jim practicing his jumper, his catch and shoot. Love it. He was a good catch and shoot shooter back in the Mizzou wreck. I had uh, first hand, off the bounce too. He could be first hand knowledge. Dual threat. Well, I mean, once you once you start getting the shot going, getting the triple threat, man. Go by him. Yeah, what do you triple do? Threat. How do you defend that? We are the three most triple threat guys in the universe here. Would that have been a better name than Three Men Weave? Triple threat. Yeah. There's Possibly. like 30 names that are better than Three Man Weave. <laughs> Complete <laughs> marketing botch. But we're too far into this now. We're too deep. Yes, we are. We're in hey, Bet Rivers. They're our sponsor. They're great. Bet they Rivers. Number one. Okay. Hey, lots to talk about this uh, today. Not a great slate of games on the, on the rundown, but every game is special and we treat them all the same. Matthew, do you see anything over the weekend, Sunday, maybe Saturday in particular, uh, that you liked? What you got? Uh, I saw a lot, Kai. Um, in terms of specific takeaways, I guess I'll start with yesterday. Just excited to see a Loyola bounce back against Missouri State. I know I'm a Missouri State alumni. Um, parents are alumni, so I have a sort of no, affinity, <laughs> affinity for that program. Um, but I wanted to see the Blurs get back on track, and they certainly did that. Uh, similar parallel, Jim Houston asserting their dominance. Somehow they're just better without two of their best players. Don't really get how, but they are. Dominated Cincinnati, team that kind of had the kryptonite matchup uh, DNA to them. I, I was in, entertained by Mr. Kelvin Sampson jumping on the field of 68's After Dark show, plug, Our, uh, talking about how he had to call timeout late in the first half because he's like, we have three guards, and one of them was really tired, so I had to take a timeout <laughs> for that reason. So, like, that's kind of where Houston is at. But the guys that play are really, really good. Yeah, I, my takeaway is that Saturday was a dud, unfortunately. Like, the four or five biggest blowouts. games on fan match, right, Ken Palm's fan match, were all blowouts. Uh, Duke blew out UNC, Kansas yeah. blew out Baylor. I mean, there's a lot of disappointing games. So the slate didn't live up to its hype, but that means, guys, we're going to get regression to the mean in terms of good games. So this week's going to be a, a barn burner, I'm thinking. That's that's where I'm at, Kai. Yeah, going to have some great games. Glad Auburn survived against Georgia in terms of just winning, losing. I, I didn't want to see them go down to Georgia. Who beat Alabama? Mizzou and Georgia are strange. The SEC, there's, there's landmines everywhere, man. You, you can't take one night off. Uh, hey, let's hold get in. on yes. real quick. We got to talk about uh, Ed Redmond's comment talking about my Toledo Rockets were grounded and dominated by my Ball State Cardinals, they were. which I can't really tout because I'm a hypocrite and I actually bet on Toledo. So how about that for a fun little <laughs> That's tournament? Funny. That's just call ironic. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the slate of games today. Let's start with Kansas at Texas, which is a huge game. And Kansas has flipped to a favorite, minus one at Bet Rivers. You could argue, Jim, this is a bigger game, quote-unquote, for Texas, really needing another Q1 win on their resume. Incredible stat here that still holds true. Texas is 0-5 this year in games they've allowed over 60 points. KU hasn't scored under 60 all season. Does that trend matter whatsoever? It matters a little bit because it tells you how bad Texas's offense is. They cannot rely on offense to win a game. If their defense is not on point, they're pretty much going to lose. Uh, and Kansas, man, they looked so good on Saturday. It's wild how the swings are in a conference like the Big 12, where you know eight days ago or, or seven days ago, we were like, Kansas got blown out at home by Kentucky. Is this team even good anymore? Mm-hmm. And then they murder Baylor at home, and it's like, yeah, they're the class of the league again. So, you know, it, it, it's smart not to overreact too much to one result. Uh, but I just think Kansas is better. And I think, Matt, yeah. there's still a little bit of tie to – hope and expectation that Texas will finally come to be this fully formed team that maybe we thought they could be, but 
I don't think they have that juice. I, I just, I, I question them quite a bit. And Kansas, after that performance Saturday, I think they have what it takes to, to go on the road and win. The flip of the line makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough to ignore that gut feeling, Jim. I'm with you. It just feels like Kansas is better. And the only reason I'm not betting Kansas is just because the spot's probably better for Texas. Um, yeah, just it just feels like more of the home hype spot, a more likely situation once you get a good effort from Texas, which we haven't seen many of those this season. Like they've blown out a few solid teams so far in conference play that sort of kept their analytic ranking where it is, right? We're kind of in that mid teens around the 15, 10 to 15 to 20 range. Fun fact, Kai, Chris Beard is one in five in his last six games against Bill Self, obviously all at Texas Tech, new roster, new destination, new environment here, but obviously he's playing much of the same style. I wonder if Self has figured out schematically some way to attack that. I haven't looked closely at the film, the game tapes I probably should have for my show prep, but just something to note. A lot of things point to where Kansas here, except for the spot. So Yeah, yeah, right, right. Except for the spot, except for the fact that Texas is at home. You could argue they've been playing a bit better. I mean, they had that... Uh, poor game against Texas Tech. That was an ultimate get-up spot. But killing Iowa State was I- impressive. They beat Tennessee the game before that. I'm still not sure Beard has figured out the rotations exactly. At least they don't make me feel warm and fuzzy. Um, makes me nervous against a polished team. Like yeah, apparently Trey Mitchell was playing on a bum foot, which kind of explains his awkwardly low-minute count, and then DeSue's have low-minute counts too. Yeah, the rotations don't really make sense to me. I want yeah. Brock Cunningham playing all 40. That's what I want. <laughs> That's right, baby. You got to feature him. Makes no sense to me. Uh, Kansas, plenty of shooters, right, to beat the kind of more packed-in style defense Texas plays. But home court scares me. I'm staying away, end of the day. I I guess I lean towards Kansas if you're going to make me choose a side here, though. Yeah, I do too. Next game on the rundown, Matt, your Dukies took care of business against UNC, and now they're back in first place in the ACC, looking to win it for the first time in forever. They host Virginia, a team that's won it quite a few times during that dry spell. And Virginia's quietly eight and five in the ACC, yeah, not a tournament better. resume, but they've been so, so they've been that bad. Um, Virginia's a uh, scoring mat, big question mark for Virginia. Do they have any chance in this game? I don't know. I think the number's pretty high and it certainly sets up to be a Duke letdown, but I'm not going to fade Duke right now. I think they're an absolute juggernaut. AJ Griffin has gone thermonuclear at this point. The shots he's making um, me and my buddy, Mitch, who's a diehard Duke fan offline. We have declared that we would like to see Griffin be the number one option on this team and this offense good. in crunch time. That's how good he's been. And that's no disrespect to Paolo Bancara, who will be the number two overall pick. I know Jim's not going to buy that. I'm telling you, I know what I'm watching with AJ Griffin. You can absolutely get buckets. All that aside, a little bit worried here. Virginia coming in hot high, as you mentioned, kind of quietly flying under the radar. Tony Bennett is a man that you do not want to fade unless you have a strong reason to do so. Uh, so I'm not going to do it here, especially coming off the UNC demolition derby that we saw on Saturday. Yeah, Matt, I, if Griffin's been awesome, but is he is he a number one guy? Like, is, I feel like his efficiency is so buoyed by the attention that Paolo gets, the attention he that Wendell Moore gets. It is. So forcing him into that that role, A, I think saps his efficiency, and B, would upset the apple cart with the team's chemistry and, and yeah, role man. allocation. So I think that might end up doing more harm than good. Not that I think he's totally incapable, but uh, yeah, this spot, I, I was kind of looking to maybe back Virginia – but their defense isn't as good as it's been years past. You can't really trust them to like yeah. totally lock down this Duke offense. Um, and the offense, if Duke is engaged, they they can shut down basically anybody. They just shut down a much better offensive team in North Carolina on the road. You just if you're back in Virginia, you're really hoping for the young team letdown spot. That's that's kind of all yeah. you can look for here, Kai. 
I, I, and I, I seriously doubt Virginia can score at all. And, and on the other end, you know, all right, pack line Duke's not great at shooting. Matt Griffin's awesome at shooting guy doesn't miss, but outside of him kind of like, you know, an average team, but the athleticism difference between these two teams is so stark, especially this year that I just cannot see Duke not being able to score easily. Virginia's defense has been way down this year anyways. Um, so even at minus 11, I, I'm leaning towards your Blue Devils. I would say the two comps, Notre Dame and Virginia Tech so far in conference, two games where I think they struggle to score in stretches, uh, similarly compact type pack line defenses, but cover both games. Again, if the defense leads the way for Duke, I think they're a runaway freight train. So I kind of, I kind of the, in, in the chat, the Virginia team total under like, yeah, whatever it's, it's going to be really low. It's probably what, 55 like or something. Yeah. Like, Kempom has it at 56 right now. So I'm sure it's so, somewhere right around that. Yeah. I could, I could buy that. Yeah. From the blue devils to the sun devils, Jim, <laughs> Arizona solid. at solid. Arizona state. And you just saw Arizona in person over the weekend. That's exciting. ASU Matt's babies have covered three in a row, Arizona, USC, and they just beat UCLA in triple overtime. They're bearing down defensively. Bear down is Arizona's oh, wow. slogan. Yes, Slanders I'm all to, over the to place put them right over there. Uh, who do you got in this game? Jim spread once again is huge. The market just has no respect for Arizona State. Yeah, it's it's been bet down a little bit. So people are saying, hey, ASU, maybe not as bad as you think. Uh, they competed in the first matchup, but it helped that Arizona was three for 23 from deep. That's probably yeah. not sustainable. Uh, Matt, I think more sustainable is that ASU shot 30% inside the arc and turned it over 17 times. That, that concerns me. That will me. probably happen again. Yeah. Uh, but they've been really feisty and their defense is stout and they do force you to make tough jumpers. That's kind of been their MO lately. I'm only worried about them coming off a three overtime game 48 hours ago. And if that saps their emotion, obviously this is a big game. It's a big game for both third game in five days for both. Um, It's a little too high for me. So I'm leaning ASU, but I am hesitant because of that three overtime game. Yeah. I'm ignoring the three overtime potential letdown spot because Let's just look at it. This team's seven and 13. They've been bad all year. I think this is kind of the inflection point of like, hey, guys, we're now sort of healthier. We're starting to play better. We're coming off the Arizona game at Arizona. We play competitively. We took USC wire to wire. Then we just beat UCLA. Like we're now kind of, it feels like a reinvigorated type of team. Also to see Marion Jackson, a guy we've been waiting to see break out all season, have a big game off the bench against UCLA. I think that's another catalyst. Uh, Some headwinds finally blowing in the Sun Devils' favor. So, yeah, the three to overtime thing bothers me somewhat, but they're still at home. Um, and I think it, they're going to compete here. I like Arizona State. I think they cover this game. Down to 12, I'd still take it at 12. Yeah, I'm worried about scoring. Um, Arizona State, worst offense in the Pac-12. They're scoring .855 points per possession per game. They just have to make shots. It's like they hope play. to score. They just have well, to make shots. And they can't. The Tough first shots. game against Arizona, Arizona, they scored like .8. They're fortunate. Arizona was three for 23 from three. I, I just don't see Arizona doing that again. I kind of think Arizona pounds them. My number certainly leans ASU, but I still don't think these two teams are close. And I think Arizona has no issues trying to blow them out. I'm kind of leaning towards the Wildcats guys, or at least to stay away from me. Yeah. Don't, don't fight against us. We don't want to hear that. I won't fight against you. I'll just or just join us. Just politely, join us. Come on. politely step Water's to the wrong. side here. I should have been on ASU last couple of days. It's, it's on me. It's on me. I can't be scared. Next game on the rundown, we have Pitt. That's right. Pitt has made our rundown, and they play Virginia Tech. And, Matt, these teams just played. Pitt covered. They lost by five, but Tech led the entire way, and, in fact, we're up as many as 28 yeah, in that wild. game. 
Yeah. Can Pitt do it again? Can Pitt, can Pitt keep this one close? It is a 13-point spread. Wow. I'm, I'm this close to adding Pitt, and it's just simply for the fact that I like backing these teams uh, with the quick rematch turnaround. I, I think a lot of these lines have inflated home court baked in. In this case, Pitt going from Pitt to Virginia Tech. Seems like the market's getting Virginia Tech of the full, you know, what, three-ish points for home. Um, and I think the team that gets beat in the first match is more likely to make the adjustments. However, Jim, the coach making those adjustments is Chef Capel. Um, not sure where you have him on your pantheon and ACC quality of coaches, but maybe not at the top for me. So for that reason, and the fact that Pitts looked more like the dumpster fire we saw earlier in the year, rather than like the competitive feisty thorn in the side that they were in middle of the year, I am staying away for now, for now. Yeah. I'm leaning pit too. Also from a numbers perspective, um, Kind of similar angle to yours there, but I'm not actually betting Pitt. What I am betting is the under, and it's my best bet. I, I think that is a great, great bet here today. This game had 130 with two minutes left, and the team shot like 52% combined from deep last game. Both were at, at 50% or higher. I think that trends way down. I know Virginia Tech's like completely sizzling lately. 56% over the last three games, 40 of 71. Yeah, they on fire. That is insane. Pitt was nine of 18 last game. We'll help them stay in it, come back and, and backdoor that one. Um, I, I think the, the under is a solid, but I get to double check. The number it was 128 pre-show this last game closed 126 and a half and it got uh, opened 131 clearly bet down. I think the market is yep. seeing exactly the same thing. I am. I just think the shooting won't be there. Both teams are very slow. We're going to have a, a slow paced game. And the tempo actually might play lower than 62. The last game just had a bunch of possessions in the final yeah, two minutes. So uh, yeah, I really like the under best bet team 127, but Jim, I will take your word for it. If you give me 128, I would love an extra point of value there. Um, yeah, I can see Pitt kind of returning the favor here. Um, but it's also favor in it as in winning this game outright. And that's kind of weird to say, but, uh, I also have no interest in betting on Pitt because Jeff Capel is Jeff Capel. Um, like Jim kind of said, Bob has been scorching from three, the last three games, um, that's either a try to catch the regression or don't step in front. And for me, I'm just not stepping in front here, staying fully away. I refreshed and I've got 127.5. That is at the Arizona version of Bet Rivers. Take perhaps. it. Take it. That's what I will uh, lock in for our tweet. Great. And if you don't mind, we have the chat mob part one. What we got? All right. We'll start. We'll go to Max. I think he has a lean in this game from Lante S. UNC Wilmington headed to Hofstra. Somebody else was curious about the the first half in this one. Matt, what are you thinking? I do like Hofstra. Uh, lost to Wilmington on the road. What was it just last week? So you got to think they're thirsty for some revenge here. The lines dropped, open at seven and a half, dropped to six. I think it's a little bit higher. So I'm hoping it maybe tricks, trickles down to five throughout the day. Seems like everyone's just riding this. UNC Wilmington money train right now. Although I think they finally found their level. I know they be uh, they smacked William Mary over the weekend, but uh, you know losing to Elon the game before just seems like the magic has subsided partially. They're still a great story, but they're not like invincible like they were two weeks ago or eight weeks. Covered ago, I guess. still covered ten of their last eleven. I don't know. Yeah, they're good. Right, they're amazing. We got burned by Idaho State this weekend. Uh, they were fresh off a COVID pause and it seemed to re-energize them. They played a little faster. They destroyed Montana. Yeah. Now Matt Akers is asking about them hosting Montana state. Are they just a new team off that pause or, or was that a one game aberration? I don't know. They should have been a lot better this year, like way better, like competing in the middle of the big sky better. So if you believe that they turn the corner, then yeah, 10 points is too much, but I tend to think that they're still a bad team. 
Montana State is playing like the best team in the conference, if not pretty dang close. They just beat Weber State on the road. Very impressive. Um, I, I lean their way in this game. All right, Matt, in the America East from Shane D'Souza, New Hampshire at Stony Brook. I did not realize until yesterday, doing some handicapping, how bad the New Hampshire defense has gotten. It's like mm-hmm. bottom 25 in the entire country. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a veteran team that was not that bad defensively last year. So hard to figure there. But Stony also stinks at defense. So what do you think here? Yeah, I actually like the under, uh, but looked second, Brave. took a second look at those defenses. Did not see, you're right. I had the same epiphany. Did not realize how badly uh, New Hampshire has been on that side of the ball. And Stony Brook, for some reason, Gino Ford, a guy who has like a defensive identity just from his former mentors, uh, Jeff Bowles and, and Steve Peichel, they haven't guarded anything either. All that says, hey, Jim, I have no idea what to do with this game. No idea. I would maybe lean New Hampshire, I guess, with the points laying or catching five on the road, but nothing strong. Yep. Two teams that are hard to figure for me. Uh, Kai, another one from Shane Temple in South Florida. Temple has been really good without Caleb yeah. Battle. It doesn't seem to matter. South Florida trending down lately. A couple of non-covers in a row. Anything for you on this one? I guess Eileen Temple. I, I, it's a team I still can't figure out. They're, they're better, like you said, without Battle. They're better without Jake Forrester in the lineup. So I lean their way against a bad team, South Florida. A guard. Yeah, a guard. favorite Temple is crazy, but man, South Florida. No bueno. Uh, Matt, do you want to discuss Eastern Illinois, Tennessee Tech, or do you want to holster it for best bets? Yeah, I'll just get it off my chest now, Jim. I don't want to like gush and ooze over how excited I am to claim Eastern Illinois as my best bet of the day, but I am catching 14. Panthers have covered three in a row, I believe now. Two of those outright. I got down early to a pretty hot SEMO team just over the weekend clawed back i think the key change for this team is a they couldn't possibly be any worse and b sammy friday um i think is healthier from what i've read he's playing more minutes as of late he at least gives them like an interior outlet for offense because they don't have many ways to get points let's just be real about that so but at least now they have something in the mix and they're playing tennessee tech jim who just took belmont to overtime so banking on a letdown hangover spot there so to be clear, Matt's best bet, Eastern Illinois, plus 14. Plus 14. Two tutties. Sa- Sammy Friday sounds like it's just a fun hang. Like, it ah, is. Hang with uh, Sammy Friday today. Let's say like a nickname. Too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kai, uh, another one from Kay Ingram. James Madison at Drexel. I think James Madison has been terrible lately, yeah. but perhaps you dis- disagree. What do you got? No, they have been bad lately. They took Hofstra to overtime, but to call Molson, I think is done for the year. He was one of their best players. Um, a more bit piece Strickland's been out for a few games. He's done for the year as well. Done for the year as well. It's unfortunate. I hope this team is going to be a lot better. They showed promise, but their defense sucks. Drexel's pretty competent. Um, I, I'd probably, number seems right at four. I'd probably lean towards Drexel a little bit. Yeah, James Madison, 355th in two-point percentage defense. They can't stop anybody inside. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's a layup line. Uh, Matthew, from another Matthew, Matt Cadenacci, Presbyterian at Hampton. Anything for you? No, um, I kind of like both teams a lot preseason, to be honest. And Hampton has disappointed me for the second straight season. I just don't guard anything. I would probably lean, uh, I guess, Hampton, four and a half. Feels like they shouldn't be favored by that many. Uh, they should not be giving that many to Presbyterian coming into their building. I don't know. Thoughts? My psycho there? I don't have a side lean. I sort of think Hampton's running more in league play. I think the tempo indicates that. But I don't know if I want to bet an over between these two teams. Uh, Kai from Fondell, we got a two pack in the CUSA. I'm going to start with you on UTSA at Middle Tennessee. UTSA makes no sense. They get guys back and then they stop covering games. What's going on there? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, exactly. That, that means stay away, uh, at the bigger number, I kind of leaned their way and I was like, you don't have to bet UTSA. if You don't want to. I said, Oh, that's great news. I don't want to bet UTSA. So I'm staying away. Yeah. Open 15 down to 12. So someone still is, I guess, more committed to this UTSA cause than we are. And I salute them. Good luck. One team that's played well this year and that's middle Tennessee and one team that hasn't. So uh, Matt, another Texas school on the road, UTEP, heading to North Texas, who has just been a complete juggernaut in conference play. Maybe the, the best defense in the league. Yeah. They suffocate you. Do they do the same thing to Joe Golding's minors? A little bit worried about it, but I was ooh, so close to throwing up the hang loose, go minors, sign here on the program. Not going to do it, though. Uh, I, I think the recent surge, quote unquote, that UTEP's been on, they actually haven't been that great. They just picked off sort of a soft schedule. But their guards have played a lot better. Uh, they have these dueling, the dueling twofer of the enemy and boom in the backcourt when the killer bees are going high. They can beat anyone in that conference. So, hey, I'll say this. Can I give a quick money line endorsement on this one? Just a slight sprinkle. I think this has the making of a potential upset. Low Matt possession, hates, Matt hates high variance. You like fading North Texas. Very strange. Do. Um, I do, actually. I guess I have faded them quite a bit recently. I think North Texas phenomenal. is like the most variant-proof team in, in the league. Like by uh, low, not as a favorite, low possessions. They're on the wrong end of that variant spectrum. Yeah. And the way you tap shot from three, they can get hot. They got some kind of feast or famine guards. North Joe Texas Golding, man. 11 and six against the spread this year, but they are only six, six and one as a favorite. So five and oh is a dog. You don't want to, you don't want to, they will all, yeah. Graham McCaslin as a dog is as sure as death and taxes, man. That's the best bet there is. All right. Last one before we go back to the outline, Kai in the big sky, another rematch and similar to Pitt, Virginia tech, like immediate rematch, Northern Arizona at Northern Colorado, Northern Arizona almost won. Do we think that yeah. is an indicator for this one? Uh, Northern Colorado has been weird, man. You talk about defense. They're one of the worst defenses in the country as well. Uh, Northern Colorado, but also one of the best offenses. Uh, my, my number one to take the under in this game. And I said, no, thank you. Um, I, I, I think, both teams are going to score just fine, as you saw in the first matchup. I'd probably lean towards the Bears getting right. I don't give NAU a whole lot of credit. Yeah, I, I think Northern Colorado runs away in this one, but we'll see. Uh, again, first one was close. Uh, okay, Kai, back to the outline. I will kick it back to you. Back to the outline we go. To the A-10, where George Mason is squaring off against Richmond. Mason's dropped two straight after a tough double OT loss. Excuse me. A tough double OT loss to Slew and then a head-scratching loss to LaSalle. But, Jim, maybe it wasn't so head-scratching because Josh Oduro was out that game, and now Mason's 0-2 without him in the lineup. Losses to LaSalle and George Washington. He matters. Leads the A-10 in usage. What do you think about right. this Right. This, this is one of those games where it's, you know, at 10-20 Pacific. I can't tell you what, what you should do because there's a guy that's worth, like, five points to the spread, maybe more. Uh, that's that's completely undecided concussion protocol you never know if he's going to be back could be total game time decision uh, with him again I think I think George Mason is feisty and he can battle with Golden inside and Richmond isn't hasn't been mega impressive this year but without him then there there's a layup line to the rim with Richmond's precise execution and Oduro's not in there to combat that so Matt I got nothing too profound other than wait and see what's up with Oduro yeah, not, not only is he critical to their scheme on both ends, but he, this team doesn't have depth. So, like, there's just another level or another additive component of compounding uh, erosion when he's not in there. Um, I'm just trying to think about what I make or how do I make sense of the back-to-back coming up? These two teams play on Wednesday again. Uh, maybe if Richmond gets up big, Mason's more likely to wave the white flag knowing they're coming back to their building. I don't know. Just something to keep an eye on. That's not uh, what Pitt did. Pitt got down 28 and came all the way And they fought tooth and nail, which makes me think they cracked today, by the way. 
but yeah, we'll I'm just something to know that this these two teams will play again on Wednesday. Uh, Richmond has one slash covered slash two. They're five and one against the spread last six, which uh, surprised me. Uh, they played so terribly. Last five games for Richmond have gone under. Not sure if you like the Oduro angle for the under or the over. He kind of affects both ends, so it's kind of tough to tell there. Yeah, tough to make sense of that. I, I totally agree that Mason's going to have a tough time stopping the Princeton offense. Um, I, 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 you have to lean to Richmond if, if Oduro's out of the lineup. If he's in, coin flip for me, spread-wise. Uh, next game, Big Sky. This is a nice one, one that's been asked several times in the chat. Southern Utah is going to Montana. Montana is off that extremely weird loss to Idaho State. Matt Southern Utah is on a four-game winning streak. This is a big game for the Big Sky race. Do you want to remind the folks at home what happened last year in these two in this game two times for Montana Southern Utah? Yeah, Montana just pulled the almighty okie doke twice on us as Montana backers. Should have won both games and lost both by one. And I think the spread on both was like one to a half point or pick in either direction. Basically, it was a outright loser for Montana and outright loser for Montana backers. So yeah, that's very much scarred in our brains. Um, but here we are. We're, we're back in Montana. Unfortunately, it's been bet up. I guess, thankfully, if we don't have to endorse this, uh, given this, we could that could be an omen to what to come tonight. But yeah, Montana laying three gym, a little too expensive at the current price. Yeah, I, I even saw three and a half at, at that Rivers, and that's that's too much. Over three, no way. But I, I kind of wonder if the Idaho State dud was this young team that's basically the same as last year already looking ahead to, like, we get Southern Utah at home. Like, this is a huge, huge revenge spot after getting embarrassed last year i mean they like not embarrassed uh, but it was a little bit shameful that they blew both those games oh, yeah but that was like a, a team with a ton of freshmen playing their second and third games of the year on the road against a big conference rival now it's 14 months later they're back home playing much better been really good as a home favorite this year six and two yeah. against the spread um definitely leading montana here i think they come out mega locked in Personal yeah, questions on both sides too, kyle you should mention those yeah uh, courtesy ryan a in the chat actually uh mason Fauzet. Likely plays today for, for Southern Utah. Um, important. I wouldn't say he's a total needle mover for me personally, but uh, obviously key guy for their depth there. Um, Jim made a good point. Last year, both those games were at Southern Utah. Montana was up double digits in both games. In both games still yeah. lost by one. Um, you mentioned Montana 6-2 against the spread, covering by almost five points a game. And Southern Utah is 1-6 against the spread on the road. I think it sets up very nicely for Montana in this game. All angles point to it. Minus three and a half is pretty high to endorse in the show. The the second leg of that where they were actually like kind of dominating might be the most maddening game of the year for me last season. Last year, that's yeah, they were up 67 to 58 with six minutes left and lost by one. Missed free there. throws, turnovers, missed free throws, turnovers. Yep. PTSD. Uh, next game, two SOCON games to finish this off. Love this, fellas. Love this conference. Awesome conference. Chattanooga at Mercer. Jim, these teams just played. Mercer jumped out to an early lead. Chattanooga struck back. Personnel keys are all over this game. D'Souza for Chattanooga was out last game. I think it was a concussion. TBD, if he's no, back. The, the, the Nougat did the, we're not releasing why again. Uh, okay. Very secret. Most cryptic, ah. yeah, program in uh, terms of injury news. But he's out a while. We know he's out a while. He's not playing tonight. Okay. And then Jim Mercer got Natalia Alvarez back in the lineup. Half thing he's better in game two. Who do you lean in this one? Yeah, that's the key. I, I think him ascending up and, and playing more than 20 minutes and being kind of like the 30 minute game uh, floor general is huge for them. 
Matt, I was surprised. I looked at the on-off numbers for DeSouza and Chattanooga a little bit better without him. Like he, Ayani has been solid as the backup big. And I think that diverts more possessions to David John, the Baptiste and Malachi Smith, their lethal guards. So as much as I'm kind of leaning Mercer on the revenge angle, I'm not betting this one because it does feel a little low and I, I respect Chattanooga too much. Yeah, I did take Mercer, um, but it's been bet down to four and a half. So just outside range for me, I think I would take it at five or above. Again, the revenge angle, the fact they played very well in that first half, it seemed like it played closer to my number than the prior game closing number. I uh, did have to bet second. I bet second half that last game. That was a loser for me. Just a quick little annoyance. Um, but I think the key thing that we saw for Nuga, why they've been good without DeSouza, Jordan Jeske pointed this out too in his write-up, and I noticed when I was watching, Malachi Smith, he, they like do the post-up, the guard post-up thing. God, We've I seen Hunter Maldonado so mass that at Wyoming. <laughs> We've seen Gillespie mass that at Villanova. I think this is like a, a dawn of a new era where it's, you find these bigger guards who know how to post up. You isolate them in, inside against smaller guards, and no one knows how to guard. It's like a new unsolved blueprint of offense. Yeah, uh, Mercer could not stop Chattanooga inside last game. 21 for 34 inside the arc. Mercer scored very efficiently, too. In fact, this game went over last time, and I thought about taking the over again, but it played 61 possessions. I'm not comfortable with that. Efficiency might be high again, but I don't know if it's going to be that high. I, I, I think it will. I'm with you. I, this game yeah. and the Furman, um, the ETSU. Furman East Tennessee ETSU game we'll talk about here shortly probably is high efficiency, worry about pace. So that's the tug of war I'm worried about. I think Mercer plays better at home here. I, I think they keep it close. Cover. That's my lean. Uh, last game in the rundown before more chat. Furman at ETSU, like Matt said. Furman is off a bizarre loss, Matthew, I would say, to UNC Greensboro. Could not hit the broadside of a barn. ETSU has lost five in a row. Apparently, Vonnie Patterson mattered a lot. He's been out the last six games. Game one, ETSU jumped on top of Furman quickly. Yep. And Furman pulled away in the second half. Any play in this game for you? Yeah, I took East Tennessee State. Don't love it, but I think this matchup is actually one that doesn't exploit East Tennessee State's utter devoid of an interior presence in the middle. Like Furman's going to play that, that more perimeter-based uh, back-cutting offense, and I think Furman's, while they're not unathletic, they don't have like the top-notch athletes that ETSU has, and ETSU, I think, pounced on that in the first matchup. They just need to closeout games they haven't really all year uh, so maybe it's a fool's errand going back to this well when you've seen the same movie before but i do think five and a half on the road with that revenge angle lurking in my favor i i, I do like the uh, the bucks here jim as as much as i haven't liked them recently yeah number isn't enough for me and i just Furman coming off like their best offensive performance against the citadel and then their worst offensive performance against uncg I think we see him trend back up towards a, a very efficient night here against a defense with no interior stopgap at all. So unfortunately I'm staying away from here, Matt. I, I, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Yeah, I will need it. ETSU's defense, the worst in the SOCON that, that front line has been depleted. Um, so Furman I, and Chattanooga are currently 67 and 68 in Ken Palm right next to each other competing for that SOCON title. Yeah, it's huge. And Furman's not really an inside team per se. They take 56% of their shots from three in league play, but I think they're still going to score pretty easily in this one. Um, all right. Chat mob round two, Jim. I assume we Chat got some more questions two. here. Oh, certainly. Uh, from Andrew Carr, taking a break from his Delaware hooping. He's asking about Hartford at UMass Lowell. Matt, I'll go to you here in the America East. Although you're, you're really being mean to the extra board lately. I have been, Jim. Well, it's been, been mean to me. So I'm just returning the favor. Um, I would lean Hartford here. I know they've lost two in a row, but 
personnel wise, they're pretty much healthy. They should be playing better. I don't know why they haven't. I wonder if there's like the lame duck. We're going to D three mental thing. That's floating behind the scenes there. That would bother me as a player. Yeah. I, I think this should be closer to pick them, but Ken Tom has this game seven. So if that's something you're into, I would lean Hartford for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kai, let's go to you from Ryan Abramowitz, South Dakota headed to North Dakota state. The coyotes got Xavier Fuller back last game. But he's sneaky, not that helpful to them. If you look at on off, <laughs> yeah, it didn't cover. Uh, they didn't cover despite holding South Dakota State to only nine three point attempts, like yeah. not even makes attempts. That's wild. Still gave up eighty nine. Um, I kind of like the home bison. Am I crazy? I like NDSU as well. However, they let me down last game. Denver without a starter in their lineup, uh, they could not get away from them. That was disappointing. Yeah. But I do lean their way today. Missed a lot of shots in that game. It should have been a bigger margin. I'm just convinced. I'm back in Bison again today, Jimmy. Yep, so am I. Uh, from Jennifer Luz, I will take this one. North Carolina Central at South Carolina State. I like the road squad here. I, I think the NCCU Eagles are flying higher in league play. South Carolina State's been a little feistier than prior seasons under Madlock and with his son in the lineup, but I just think NCCU is trending up to where Lavelle Moten's had them in the past. He's got solid transfers on that team. Uh, minus two is what I had seen most recently, it might be a little higher than that. I'd probably take it up to minus three, lean towards the Eagles. Yeah, all-time non-conference underachiever versus all-time non-conference overachiever as they're kind of going in different directions now. Yep. Uh, Kai, from Fondell, Austin P headed to Belmont. Austin P's been tough to, to figure. They were a heavy under team that played some really slow games. Then they got Caleb Stone Carowell back. Maybe that helps them be more of an over team. Does Belmont kick their butt? Yeah, I actually did take the over in this game um, after riding that P under streak. That was great. Um, but Belmont's just scores so many points and, and this first game didn't have a whole lot, but it wasn't very uh, efficient. I, I think it's a lot more efficient this game. The Belmont buckles in here, gets done, lean their way, lean the over. Yeah. Belmont just, I sometimes, especially with the totals, sometimes they just yeah. foot go, comes all the way off the gas with five minutes yeah. left. It's annoying. You think after going to OT over weekend, maybe they don't do that. Maybe it's a full gas pedal for 40 minutes, which and Austin, over. Austin P gave him a heck of a game. Game a scare too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Matt in the swack, your babies, Jackson state headed to pine bluff from K Ingram here. Uh, Jackson state did not have Javius McKinnis last game. And yeah, he, he matters. Is, Maybe the best defender to play in the SWAC in like 25 years. That's not an exaggeration. Uh, so keep a keen eye on whether he's in there. Yeah, that's it. That's the whole handicap. If you can dig on a SWAC message board, find out if he's in, then bet him. If you can find out he's out, then I would say don't fade him because it seems like the line's more reflective of him being out, just a guess. Yep. Yeah, they did barely pull one out at Mississippi Valley State without him, and it did barely stay under. But the Delta without, Devils are yeah. competing. Yeah, they they're are. competing. Uh, all right, Kai from Graham Haynes, UNC Greensboro headed to Western Carolina. Another game in the SoCon. This one did not make the outline. Anything for yeah. you here? Um, I like the under in this game. Western Carolina can be scary taking that, but Ontario's Woolbright, uh, arguably the best player. He's been out last couple. I don't know if he's back in. It's hard to find information on these guys, um, but I lean that way. And, and Greensboro um, certainly is capable of playing under games. They just played a hundred point game with Furman for crying out loud. Nick Robinson is a monster for Western Carolina. That's my only note. Former, former Valpo, former, former Valpo, St. Joe. Yeah. He's been good everywhere he's been, just hasn't been healthy. And he's kind of a cheat code on that team. And the bottom part of that league, especially. 
He's fine. Uh, all right, Kai, back to you awesome. from that arch. Holy Cross headed to Colgate. He thinks this line yeah. is way too high. Toothpaste shouldn't be an 18-point favorite. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, it's 16 and a half at Bet Rivers now. I like Holy Cross. They've been awesome the last couple of games. Awesome in relative terms. They've won like four straight. Um, starting to figure it out as a young team. Um, it makes sense they're playing better, and I think this is too many. Well, yeah, Gr- Gates is such a matchup problem. In Gates, that yeah. Like a powerful power forward. Nobody has that uh, kind of matchup for him. Uh, all right, Matt, another one's for in the SWAC. Got a couple SWAC questions here. Matt Akers asking about Prairie View AM, headed to Florida AM, the Battle of the Amus. What do you got? Man, I just don't really understand the whole Prairie View to my hey, season. It's been largely personnel based. That's the excuse I'm trying to. I guess, anchor myself to like, how could I possibly be so wrong on this team? Um, I leaned FAMU just because I don't know who's playing for Prairie View. And I don't think even their head coach does at this point. Just look at yeah. the innocent outs on a game by game basis. Henry was out. Um, and fate Williams uh, was that out. Was, too. That's a different team. Sorry. Henry is the all corn former Prairie View guy. Uh, Williams Roberts, was out. They've had Roberts a bunch of guys. Roberts. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Your boy, Dwayne Cox has missed Dwayne Cox. Game. My cousin, my cuz. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Kai, staying in the swag from Matt Catanacci, Alabama AM at Grambling State. I uh, I whimped out on taking Alabama AM over the weekend and I snuck in the back door against Southern, but I'm staying away here. Do you have anything? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. Daniel Kin Kingsby's out of lineup again for Grambling. I don't know. There's, yeah, it kind of feels they're like fine. they're they're comfortable yeah. playing without him now. He's been out so long. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All right, Matt. Actually, you know what? I'm going to take this one from Scott Craig. Charlotte headed to FIU. I like Charlotte. I think they're trending up. They just blew out Marshall, although that's not saying much with the way Marshall's been this year. But I actually kind of like the Charlotte team, the way they've come together. They've got some down transfers. that gives them a nice talent edge. And FIU, I don't, I don't trust that current roster. Uh, all right, from Domehawk, Kyle, I'll go to you, because I just I don't like giving Matt extra board questions because he just I doesn't know. treat it fairly. I know. Uh, Lafayette know. and Navy, uh, he asked if we had hit UTSA. We did hit that game, so... That was in chat section one, but Lafayette Navy, anything for you? Wait a Navy, Jim. I've been fading Lafayette a lot, which hasn't gone super well. Um, I would say like 500 ish. They're, they're not a terrible team with Perry back. Neil Quinn is a star in that league inside, but I think Navy gets it back here. Um, um, I, I think they played earlier this season. Greg Summers was out for them during that game. He's back. They haven't looked quite as robust lately, but I think they get it done today. Yeah. I like Navy too. Same. I'm with you guys. Uh, all right. That wraps up chat mob. I believe we've hit all the questions. Oh, Mac, well, this one's going to be a best bet. So we'll hold Edwardsville versus Simo and I can just kick it to, to Kai. Should I kick it to you now? Yeah, do it, man. Let's do it. I'm looking kick for the spread. Kai. Boom. Got it. Here you go. Uh, <sighs> nice. Oh, if I had a the ball got lower, uh, smaller. Simo, <laughs> SIUE, under 148.5 is my best bet. This one's come down a lot. Still think there's a bit of value here. The angle, Rayshon Taylor. He's not in the lineup for Edwardsville. He's hurt. He is everything for this team offensively. They scored 0.89 points per possession against Murray without him. The game played 66 possessions. I think they're going to slow it down. I think they're going to score hardly any points. So under 148.5 in that game. The on-off numbers are crazy for him. Like The the offense gets way worse. The defense gets way better. Cause he's a gambler. He will, yeah. he will go in for, for passing lanes for steals and they give up a lot of layups off that. So he's a mega under help when he's not on the floor. Uh, uh, oh, quick, quick reminder. Yeah. My best bet was Pitt Virginia tech under, I believe I got it at one twenty seven and a half and a half on the show. 
hoping that they don't shoot 52% combined from three again. That would be a bummer. Very slow game. Going to be going to be a crawl. So that's my under. Matt, your best bet was? Eastern Illinois plus 14. Go Panthers. Go Marty Simmons. Marty ball, baby. Not not uh, aesthetically pleasing to watch, but no, hopefully not, it will be watch profitable that. endeavor today. <laughs> Uh, and that does it. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at noon central once again with another episode of Best Bets. Hey, check out the Bracket Show fielding the 68 tonight. I'm hosting. It's at 5 p.m. Central time. Yeah. We will see you next time on Best Bets. Thank you, uh, Bet Rivers, for, for uh, sponsoring us. Please hit the like button on the way out. We will see you on Tuesday. Good luck with your bets.